You ready to roll? I'm ready. Here we go. Run 402 podcast. Joe Kills are here tonight with Gary Doherty. I, I can't even describe, Gary, like how excited I am because we've talked about endorphins, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it, like when you bring like a, another runner on and also a friend and just like a genuine good guy, um, it's epic. And so we'll get going. And uh, really quick, let me preface this. I say good guy. Like I had barely met you. And Jimmy talked about it the other night on the podcast. The day we got caught out running in a snowstorm. You remember you picked us up. <laughs> yes. You picked us up out yeah. kind of by the pumpkin patch or, or thereabouts. Out of nowhere you came. Just the nicest thing I've ever seen. Like, I, well, I remember that morning. Uh, I think I ran early with, uh, with Stifler and Stinger. I think we were in the pumpkin patch, Natty. And we went earlier because we knew the north storm was coming in. So we finished our run and we're at... Uh, we're at Lamar's eating some donuts and we were leaving and I could tell the wind definitely had picked up and I was driving home and I said you know what I think I'm gonna go check on those guys they know they were running out there and I remember peeking the hill just past Shram I think it's where you guys were at just past Shram and I went up over the hill and there was I think Macy standing in the middle of the road of his on his phone right like we were in a dire <laughs> we were in a dire situation and out of nowhere comes Gary Doherty and that's right after I joined endorphins, endorphins and yeah. so like from that day forward and like that was 12, 13? Uh, 12 years ago. 12? I actually looked that up, and I found that on the uh, in the old Endorphins logs, and I, I saw everybody's entries on that, so that was kind of uh, cool to look back at that again. Awesome. Okay, so Gary, you've been a lifelong, not maybe not lifelong, you're a soccer player by trade. Soccer player by trade. Soccer player by trade, but you dabbled in running for a number of years. And yes. So what got you into running? Um, you know, I, uh, I actually I ran in like an eighth grade. I think I was a miler. Um but soccer was my passion, like you said. Um, after, uh, but they always tried to get me to run, like going into high school, and I always agreed that I would, but I never did because I played soccer. So I didn't really take up running again until probably my late 20s when I ran into some health problems. Um, ran into health problems where I had arthritis and, and legs and lower body and was just on all kinds of weird medication. And I said, well, I'm gonna get off this stuff and I'm gonna go take up running. So I went outside and I, I went to go run around the block. I think I lived off 120th and Center. And honestly, Joe, I couldn't make it around the block. I literally could not run around the block nonstop. Couldn't do it. All right, just so just so everyone gets reference, you are 50... 54. 54 years 54. old. Yeah. And so you picked up running at what age then? 29, probably. 29, 30. All right. And you had an amazing ascent. Uh, crazy, yeah. I guess it's crazy. All right. So you picked it up, you couldn't get around the block, and then what? Uh, you, know, you know, I was a member of the, uh, the Omaha Running Club for a while. Um, I met a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks there that kind of, you know, had some different ideas on running and trading, and they kind of exposed me a little bit to running and the community and stuff. But then the, the big change for me was when I, a good friend of the family, my mom actually grew up with him, Bill Monahan introduced me to Big Sue, to Sute. Okay. And then that's when I kind of got hooked up with the, uh, the group of guys that we trained, I trained with for the majority of my, you know, running career for a long time and pretty much made the ascent that way. Right. So when you got into that group, like, I think people lose sight. So like, I think right now there's a lot of social groups that meet like on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And I think that's, a, I think that's yeah, awesome. And we, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But like the group that met back then, that wasn't to like go out and talk when you ran. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. We, we, we would talk. I mean, you would talk, but, yeah. what, like, but it was a different kind of workout. Uh, yeah, they, they were, the folks were definitely focused on, um, 
you know, they had a goal in mind. Um, and, and, and they, they, you know, a lot of guys' goal was to break 240 in the marathon. So, you know, they were, they were focused on achieving their goal and doing what they had to do uh, to get there from a training perspective. So you got thrown in from barely going around the block, and now you're like... Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in between that, leading up to when I met that group, you know, I, 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 did, I did make some advancement. You, you probably ever heard of, you ever hear of Roy Benson back from the 80s? Roy Benson heart rate training, right? Okay. So I was a big heart rate trainer back in the day. Uh, the old Wasserman, Wasi's t- methodology on right. training. And I, I, I made huge advancements training with the heart rate. What was, what's the theory behind that? Theory is, you, you know, like a good example, you train by your heart rate. You keep your heart rate under a certain percentage. I want to say it's maybe 75%. It's supposed to be aerobic. You train in that range for a, easy, they call it easy, for, for a number of um, weeks and months, etc. Let's say you start out and you're training with your heart rate under, let's say, for example, under 140, 145. And you train, and say you're running a nine-minute pace. You train like that for a good three, four months. At the end of that three or four months, when you're running that same heart rate of under 140, your pace is now going to probably be 820, 825. So you're building your aerobic system that allows you to run more efficiently. So in essence, you're telling people they can run slower than what they think they should. Oh, absolutely. To get, absolutely. Fat, to get yes. faster. It's a hard, difficult concept. Even the guys I train with, Sute, Vance, Stiffer, those guys, they always gave me a hard time. Throw that damn thing away, Doherty. Right. It's so... <laughs> and so, like, like, Jennifer and I, we coach the Fleet Feet. Yeah. Half but to, like, get people to understand, it's like you almost have to, like, throw your faith into it. Because it, on pay, like, talking about it, it doesn't make sense. Because in essence, you're slowing down. Right. To speed up. You're, you're, you're allowing your body to process. You're allowing the red blood, blood cells in your body to process your oxygen more effectively and efficiently. That's what it's doing. So by doing this training, from going around the block, where did you go then? Oh, boy. I, 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 um, using that heart rate training that I did in a matter of, I think it was, and not saying this is norm for everybody, I think I probably, I think I took 11 minutes off of my 10K time in two and a half years using effective heart rate training. Right, but it took, it took the time. It doesn't, yes. ha- it doesn't happen in one month or no. two months or three months. It takes Patience. a period of time and growth Correct. of your heart to get it. Yes. Um, and discipline. That, that's a big one, a discipline. You know, runners will go out and they're on their run, and I've, I'm guilty of it as well man, I feel good today. I feel good, so I'm going to pick it up. Right? They pick it up. Well, that's okay, but if you're doing that all the time, well, now you're running at a heart rate of 170, 175, and you're not building your aerobic system. You're, you're building your anaerobic system, which is not good for distance running. Right? Right. But like I said, it, it feels like it doesn't make sense. Like, I know. I agree. I agree. But proof is in the pudding. It is. Right? And, and so you expand. You decrease your times and you got solid and and that's all it's awesome and you, you've done like a kajillion races and you, and you ran with fast people what's your favorite race oh boy favorite race Ooh. doesn't matter with marathon whatever right whatever I would probably have to say living history farms Okay. Doesn't it I, I no longer I, exist, but... It's coming back this year. Oh, it is going to. It's okay. coming back good, this year. Good, good. All right. All right. So I, there might be two different reasons. I think I know 
what you're gonna say. But what, why is that your favorite race? Um, probably because you know majority of races I did were road races, and you'd be you'd be racing in the spring, you'd be racing in the summer, you know, in the heat or whatever, and then you're racing in the fall. And the Living History Farm was just a gathering of of you know fun people but really really competitive people from iowa from nebraska from minnesota from wisconsin that all came together in des moines and i think it was a way to to wrap up the running season and test yourself against some of the best in the in the region you know what i mean right i was gonna say because you used to go out there with a group you were on a team oh yeah and yeah. That, that's what i always <laughs> liked about living history farms because you were always on a team like, yes people declare their teams and everything like that and i remember you always used to go out there with solid yes teams yeah we, we had a good time. We did like to compete as a team as well. Right. And like running with your friends, is there anything better? No, not at all. Not at all. And now that I'm older, you know, I, I look back. And yeah, you, you, can, you can look back at your races and your personal records and everything you, you've seen. But I, and I think, you know, biking and running with Wasi too has, has helped me learn this over the time. It's not about those PRs. It's not about a lot. And you said it on the podcast. It's about the journey along the way. Right. You know, I look back at the people I met from running. Oh, it's phenomenal. Lifelong friends. You know what I mean? Right. Even if you've just met them for a brief moment. Right. And you still run into them at Target or wherever. There's a connection. Or you see their name pop up on a race result or something. Yep. It's a connection. Like that stuff's powerful. Yes. Very, very powerful. I would agree. And people don't. Like I said, like a lot of people that I'm like, like I enjoy going down to like the uh, Interrail Run Club and the Run uh, Happy Hour at Peak Performance and things like that. And they're, they're, they're so young and they just, I, it's what I always preach. Like you have to enjoy yeah. the journey and the yes. people that you meet. Yeah. And you know, when even when I was younger and the, and the older guys, like when I was young running with Sute in the group and. The older guys that were running, that we ran with, the Chuck Coopers, the Ron Bakers, the Gary Jublins, right? They were they were saying that to us back then, right? Right. But until we get there, until you get there and you reach that point, I don't think you really comprehend it or grasp it completely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, until you get to that point. And like we we both sit now on the edge of like. I'm not ready to throw in the towel and say I'm going to start running slower, but like, I still like doing hard things. Yeah. But yeah. like, you see things in a different, different light, different perspective. A different perspective. Absolutely. And that's awesome. All right, so we're going to dive in and we're going to go big now. In 2009, they rolled out Strava. <laughs> What's that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I know you know what it is. But before that, a little before that, you had a vision. I did. I've, I've, mentioned, I've mentioned it on here, and the whole thing is like there's about 100 runners, maybe 100. I don't know how many people ever logged in on endorphins. I want to say it was close to 250, probably. 250 back in the people day. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. You created it. Where did the idea come from? Because, and like, I won't toot your running horn on how fast you are and everything, but the impact you had on the running community is still felt today. Because without what you did, I don't think a lot of things could have happened. Because I thought about this today when I was riding my bike. Like, you brought Scott Giddings. Scott Giddings and I came in at the same time. Yeah. Papa yep. Goat. Yep. He never would have met, or maybe not, maybe, Jason Z or Tim McGargill. Yeah. And if those guys never, ever got together, guess what there never would have been? There never would have been goats. Oh. 
and from goats sprung people that filter down now that do the oh, inner rail yeah. club. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, pretty, I, I, I look pretty cool. I know it's epic. So where, did, where did your idea come from? And let, let's talk about it for a minute. So you know where it came, it, it, it's kind of interesting. So when I entered the running scene back in the day, I like to watch, I like, I love to see race results. So after a race happened on Sunday, I would grab the Omaha World Herald Sunday edition. I'd open Back up, when the World Herald yeah, was good. Yeah. It's not <laughs> good. It's not good anymore. And I'd open up to the scoreboard section, right? Just to see who. I'm looking, I'm, all the race results, top 15 right there. Who's in there? And I, I love to look at that. And then when I, if I knew there was a race on Saturday and I opened up a paper on Sunday and nothing was there, that irritated the crap out of me. So then I thought, well, what if I provided a location or a place where folks could log their race results and you could go look at them? What year was right? this? That was probably 1998, 1999, right? So then I said, well, if they log their race results, well, what the heck? Why don't they just log their training so you can see what the training is like leading up to the race results? So that's where the idea came from. So what I did, I'm, I'm, kind, of a, I'm kind of a computer geek IT guy, so I, I like to learn new things. So, I came up with the name Endorphins, spelled with the N. oddly. <laughs> and, well, I think first I slapped it on my car, my license plate with Endorphins for a number of years. And then and what I would do is, I'm an early morning guy, so I would actually code the website. I first developed it and I coded it so I could log my runs and make sure it was working correctly. So I, I did that and I, I logged my uh, runs for a significant number of years and I, I had some satire in my logs to kind of <laughs> to kind of get people in and you know what I was trying to do was 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 prove out as well that I had three very young kids and I was trying to prove out as well that you can pursue g- trace pursue dreams chase dreams and still be an effective father um, worker you know employee so I did all my runs at like 4 15 in the morning I was coding the website before I went for a run I'd come up with ideas on the run and I go home and I do a little bit of tweaking on the website and then I move on so I think I finally opened it up to like the public and want to say maybe 2003, 2004. So in 2003, you're providing a place for people to log their runs right. and provide feedback. Or was that an... Feedback. So people could comment on your run. Right. Was, who, the who's now, right? The who's now. Joe ran today. I can go comment on his run. Right. Nice job, Joe. Yeah. So, so like back then, like I couldn't wait <laughs> to get a run done. So log it and then you could see what every... Yeah. See what everybody else did. And I think, if I look now, the site's still there. It's just not under endorphins. But if I look at from when the time I kind of took the endorphins down, if you will, um, I think over time from when we opened it to when I, everybody kind of stopped logging, I think in total we logged 1.8 million miles, which isn't too bad. For a couple hundred people. Yeah, for a couple hundred people. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Right. Like, it's amazing. Like I said, like... The people you brought together on this site, like I said, it, it was Strava before Strava, and people could do this. And like the interaction and the support you got from being on the site, oh, it was incredible! Yeah, it 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 uh, it'd be it'd be kind of funny if I was in I was running a, a local race, and I don't remember might might have been the Omaha Marathon one year, and I was running along, and uh, someone someone kind of looked back and they said. Hey, you the you that endorphins guy? And I didn't have endorphins on or anything. When I said, "Well, I, I created the site." Yeah, who are you? And it, it was, their name at the time was Running RN, right? Right. <laughs> it was kind of cool how people went by their their handles 
in a sense, when you met people. I think originally you were Husker Joe. I was Husker Joe. And you changed to Warrior. Right, right. <laughs> but it, it's amazing, like I said, how like those people are all still... Yeah, yeah. I, I, it would be epic one day if we actually had an Endorphins reunion. Right, because there used to be like an awards night. Yes, yeah. And things yeah. like that. And then you look at the runners that filtered through there. You know, like some runners were just like beginning to run. And like the support they got from the people on the site was enormous. And yeah. then you also had like your upper echelon people. Yeah, who, who kind of helped guide and would provide feedback or input. Or, yeah, it was right. Like you learned a lot. And you not just from like looking at their workouts, but from the feedback. Right, right. And, and watching, you know, what they were doing over time. You know, someone might be... Someone might be running, you know, say someone's uh, marathon PR is at eight minutes and every single run they're doing during the week is at 7.30 pace. Well, you might say, hey, uh, you might want to slow up a little bit during your training runs. You know what I mean? It's always a great way for feedback. Right. So I, I think the website helped people just get better. Yes. You know what? I, I, I don't remember what year I started it, but I, I actually started creating a, a quarterly newsletter. Remember that? Right. And then... I stopped doing that after about five or six of them. It was too much. But in that quarterly newsletter, I, I used to run analytics and, and stats and stuff and show how many people actually ran a personal record in that last quarter. There were some quarters when you look at the information, the people they logged, 63 people ran PRs in the last quarter. Right. You know, so it, it, it showed, you know, I, I do think it brought folks together and, and gave a, a good sense on, on training, you know. I think, too, like, of course, endorphins has kind of gone away. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Strava's there. I I think the issue with Strava is you run into, you know, it's easy to like something. You know, you hit the the quick like. But, like, give the kudos. But, like, if you really want to see what they're doing, you have to go in and... You got to drill down a little bit. You got to drill down a little bit. Yeah. And so that part part kind of drives me a little bit... Sometimes it's funny if I, I happen to run into somebody and along the way and they'll say, Doherty, just think, man, you could be a multimillionaire right now with Strava. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think I would want that. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Like, but what you did is like, you might not be a multimillionaire, but I think you, maybe you see it, maybe you don't. You change people's lives. Yeah. You yeah. created... Yeah. More impactful that way. You created lifelong runners. You created friendships and things like that. And to me... Of course, we're older now. Yeah. To me, that's like, that's different because like you changed like how a lot of people ran because like you and you hear their uh, their stories. Like Jason Z comes on, runs like a six hour marathon for his first marathon, gets on endorphins, meets up with a group of people. Next thing you know, he's going to Boston like six months later. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I remember when Jason Z jumped on, and you know I, I can remember almost like when every in, individual person would would log on course when they when they would first sign up i'd have to approve the account to come in you know to be safe that we didn't have any crazy people although we did have some crazy people on there, there there were a few yes, there were yes. a few crazies yes but they were like like if you were a teacher these were your pupils yeah yeah actually that's an interesting way to look at it but yeah, yeah. so a few of your pupils are still doing some pretty amazing things i would agree out there even though there's we're all starting to age up a little bit the pupils are aging yes and so it was a, it was a good it was a good run it was, it was a good thing, um, and I do appreciate and 
you know, when I'm out in the running community, whatever I am, and I, I come across people that used to log on there, or even people didn't used to log on there. Um, good, uh, Ron Lampy, lurker, right? Right. I talked about Ron Lampy. The Lampy other never were never logged, never logged, but he was on there every day checking out what everybody did, because he'd email me and tell me. He's retired know? now, right? I believe so. I yeah, I, moved, I, I, think moved, I think he moved to Florida. I uh, ran with another gentleman who was talking about that he used to run with Lampy. Yeah. The other day, and I'm like. Lampy used to get after it a little bit. <laughs> he did. Not just from endorphins, but like, who inspires you? Oh, man. You know, it's kind of interesting. When I, when I first started running, and I, went, I, went, I was wanting to get better, and I, I, um, I got hooked on this effort-based training, the old, old school Roy Benson, it's really interesting because the guy that helped me with that, Chuck Cooper, who was a part of the running club, Omaha Running Club back then, and Chuck Cooper would told me the story about this guy that was at Nebraska Wesleyan and how he was older and how he dropped out of a race and then he got on effort-based training and this guy was, you know, he was he was phenomenal and his name was Gary Wasserman. I didn't know Gary Wasserman back then, but he inspired me by his story and what I heard. Oddly enough, Wasserman and I are really good friends today and go bike and run together all the time. Right, so like Gary, we I need him on here. I know, I know. I need him on here. It might have to be a panel, but he's gonna sit <laughs> in one of these seats one night because number one, like you might be one A, he might be one B, is the nicest people in the oh. world. Like he is genuinely the nicest runner. Yes, in, I would genuinely wholeheartedly agree. Yes, the nicest runner in the world, but he's also the toughest. Yeah, yeah, runner in the world, and. The success he had and what he did, it's a pretty phenomenal story. Even given where he is today, it's a great story. With his injury, surgery, yeah. whatever, I'm not going to... Yeah. But, like, what he does, and I see him I see him on the West Papio all the time. What drives me nuts, ready for this? He rides his bike without a helmet. Yeah. I know. I know. Come on, Wasserman. <laughs> Slap on a helmet. Let's get this right. Yeah. You got one we, he's had discussions about that before. Have you had one? Yeah, with I, I'm guilty as well, though, when I'll bike sometimes, too. I don't wear a helmet all the time, too. Dorney. I know. It's like know. a seatbelt. You put your seatbelt on in the car? I do put my seatbelt on all the time. Why don't you put a helmet on when I you know. get on the bike? Yeah. I'm not sure why. If I'm, I don't ride on the road, though. Not by any means. I'm never on the road. Only on the Wabash. But even still, I, I get the point. You should still have a helmet on. All right, so you, you, you're crushing your miles all through whatever you're you're running your marathons and everything like that eventually you ran into a leg hip hip thing yep hip hip injury and that curtailed the running for a number of years yeah um i was doing a little bit too much you know as you get older i you still think your body can do what it wants to do and i think i was doing a little bit too much and i'd always kind of what what age is that i forget how old were you then what was i 44 44 44. so and um i still thought i was going to break you know my marathon goal What, what was your marathon goal sub 240 and I, I never did get there. Um, so I, I still thought I was going to do that. So and, and I was, I was having trouble with the hip, and so I, I finally went in, and you know, they did what they did, and they did an MRI, and the doc called, they called me in and said, "Yeah, come in and talk about your MRI." And he came in and he said, "No, you got to stop running. It, you're going to need that replaced soon." And that was in 2012, right? So cold turkey, I stopped running. You did? I did cold turkey. I stopped running cold turkey seven, eight years. The cool thing about that. That endorphins crew, Joe, they hit me with a surprise. You might have been there. I might have paid for some of it. Yes. They hit me with a surprise 
gathering, they somehow they coerced me to go to Lake Z in the early morning. They gave me a gift certificate to buy a bike. They gave me a plaque with a million mile, endorphins, million mile, something like that. It, it, it was phenomenal. It was goes to show you the, 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 the goodness of the group and the people that we were with right. there. Right, in the most horrific thing ever, like uh, Jody Seminole. Yeah, oh, Lord. But to see how the running community supports her and her family right. and the time and the money that they generated. Like, when a runner's down, maybe not in a race, but, like, when a runner's down, the running community will pick them up. Oh, absolutely. Yep, nothing better. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, so, anyways, then, um, after, after that, I, I, you know, and keeping, like I said, keeping track of my runs and my logs and stuff, I think it's pretty helpful because I actually went back and looked a lot of my races or training and runs. I always complained about my hip. So, I think the problem had actually always been there, MRI revealed the, you know, I think they grade four arthritis in the hip. So, but anyways, do you think I, it was running induced or do you think it was just like genetics? I think it's genetics. I think it's genetics. I did go back to playing indoor soccer a little bit, which probably wasn't really good for it at it, it 53. <laughs> can't stay away from the football. I stopped doing that though. A little hard to plant the leg with the bad hip. Uh, but then anyways, I, 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 I went ahead and started running a little bit again. And um, I'm doing fine. Um, you know, I managed the hip as best as it is, but 2022 now is a little bit different than 2012 from uh, what doctors believe in and stuff. So I think technology changes and stuff. They don't really have any concerns with pursuing what you want to do and live your life. You know, if it comes time, it has to be done. It has to be done. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, not do what I love doing, right? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and move forward with what I want to. So how much you run a week? Oh man, I think I set a goal out there at 30, 35 miles a week. I don't. I don't think I've hit that yet this year, but. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's your goal yeah compared to what i was doing way back it's yeah it's, it's all good so like as i get older like is it is it tough like knowing like do you, you see people still doing um, other things you know I, not really it, not really I, I i'd like to think i could go back to boston one more time that, that would be my ultimate goal but if i don't you know what not a big deal i've been there and it's all about enjoying the journey along the way. Um, all right, let's, let's freeze it for one second, and then we'll mark it, and then I want to come back to it. But let's talk about Boston for a second. Okay. One of the most amazing people, like, through endorphins. And endorphins branched out a little bit. Yes. Because you got a Boston group in there. Sister club. Sister club in Boston. <laughs> what do we know about it? Gary, my buddy Gary. and Gary um, McMe. Like, I love following him on Strava. Yeah, he's a great guy. The best guy. So, how did you reach Omaha to like? I think you impacted the Boston running group. I know it. it, it it's it's crazy. So, McNamee, McAttack, he found endorphins just because it was on the internet. That's how I met Gary in Boston. Um, we started. I think we started emailing back and forth a little bit, and then he started logging his runs, and then you know he hooked some people up in Boston. They started logging their runs. Um, HFC. <laughs> HFC Striders, that's right. And then, um, you know, he, I think he, yeah, he, um, he put probably, I don't know how many endorphins up in his uh, house in southeastern Massachusetts back right. in the day. And then we got a little, um, we got a kind of group up with the HFC Striders and got a special bus to the start line at the Boston Marathon. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it was pretty crazy how that. What that do you think about the Boston went. Marathon? Oh, nothing better. What, nothing better, it? and nothing more painful either, though. Right. So it's not your favorite race. Ah. It, it probably is my favorite race, Joe. Now that you think about it. Why? Just because the the awesome awesomeness of it. Uh, it, it, it the, the the people of Boston and how they've received the people coming in from out of town is second to none. They love second to none their marathon. Yeah. I wish I wish everyone could experience it. Oh yes. Either as a fan or a runner, like it's like one of those things that you have agreed. To agreed. See. I I went out there um, 2014, I think it was. McNamee opened up his office on the Boston Marathon start line. Yeah. So it was outside interactive, and I wanted to come out and photograph and stuff. So I photographed for him and kind of captured the day. So, And then I went out with uh, Wasi and Hatton and Kelly Crawford the year of the monsoon. Right. And I stood on Boylston taking photos there. That was, that was pretty epic. So I experienced it on the other side as well. It, it's just awesome, man. Just awesome. I know. I, I want to go back. Yeah. But you know, so many people nowadays, Joe... Um, and more power to them, man. It, 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 I, I can't fathom it. I blows my mind. It's ultras, ultra marathoners, <laughs> like everywhere. I can't. Have you ever done an ultra? No, I had a hard enough time going point two after twenty six miles. What? What can't you fathom about it? I, I just can't fathom it. I just can't. Twenty six point two. That point two, like I said, that's difficult to get there, man. Um, I know people say that you don't you don't run an ultra nearly as you at the effort you do a marathon. But it's just, I don't think my body would hold up. I've never tried it, but I don't think my body would hold up. You don't up. think you'll ever try it? No, uh-uh. guarantee you I won't. <laughs> I, when, I, when I look at ultras, whether it's a 50K, because that's the basic entry yeah. for an ultra, or anything about that, 100, 150. Now, we're, yeah, you and I were just talking a minute ago about 300 mile bike rides. <laughs> you or your buddies like doing a 500 mile bike yeah. ride by Grace. Like it just, it's a different mindset. It is. And I, Right, like we we sit on the outside looking in. It's You've done a, ultras, though, right? I, I have yeah. done ultras, yeah. and it's it's just a different mindset. Like you have to be able to drop in and just be prepared to grind and go slow. Yeah, see, I, I and like I think you come from a different age where like you were hammered down. Yes. Yeah, and, and if if I was if I adopted that mindset and not worried about oh shit, I'm off. 20 seconds on this mile split. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So you take a guy like Dave Sute. Yeah. Crazy. What, what if he had that different mindset 15 or 20 years ago? Like. You mean a different mindset of. Um, like I got, he's going to do an ultra at that. Eight, oh. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. That, that would have been. I think he would have been like. He would have been awesome at it. No doubt. Um. He was a grinder, though, man. If there were, whenever we were in a, a, a twenty-mile run, Joe, the last four miles, that Sute was smelling the barn, man. Right. He was he was gone. I, you know what? I said it the other day on a run. Like I'm smelling the barn. Like <laughs> we're, we're going we're, we're going in, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, you can't. What, what do you mean?" But like he would hammer down. Okay, so like now we're now we've completely gone off the rails. Ultras. One of the people I met on endorphins. Was a lady named Casey Licktide. Oh yeah, Casey, Runner Casey, Runner Casey. Yeah, and yep. that was like when Runner Casey was just sort of emerging out into the 
Yeah, I don't know if she'd alter yet or not. I think Hogg brought her on the site. Right. Yeah, she was an excellent runner out of Kearney, and she brought her on her site. She qualified for the trials, the Olympic trials, and yeah, I don't know when she went to their ultra stuff, but man, what a phenomenal ultra marathoner. But I love watching her progress. Yes. And like someone who's also encountered numerous setbacks. Yeah. Yeah, Wasi and I ran into her and um, Miguel last week at the Trailhead. It's always a joy to see her. Oh, see yeah, when you guys were in Council Bluffs. Yeah, yep. At the yep. Wabash. Yeah. What'd she have to say? Anything good? Oh, Besides. Casey's just being her sweet self. Right, like she could have the worst day. Yeah, and still have a smile from ear to ear. Still have a smile <laughs> from ear to ear and like just genuinely like, how are you doing? Yes, yes. And you so, can tell she's from Nebraska. That's what I love about Casey. Western Nebraska. Yeah. Just got that down-home country girl. Like, Sweetness I, about her. She does. I hope her recovery is going great. I know she's got a big race coming up in October. She's going down to Javelina 100. Ooh. Seriously, you never think about doing... No! <laughs> you couldn't pay me to do an ultra joke. So what's on your calendar then? Or are you just happy doing... I'm happy to be running and out biking and being active. Um, you know, if I if I can, I actually did sign up for the Good Life Havsy, believe it or not. I thought to myself, I think one of the first half marathons I ever ran was 25 years ago. And it'd be, how cool would it be if I could run that same time 25 years later? What was your first half marathon time? 139.10. Oh, well, just a 139. No, I mean, I didn't know, you know, c- compared to what I'm like, when I was a crazy guy. So, I don't know. I did sign up for Good Life Hazzy. We'll see if I make it, you know, to the how things go. Are you doing things to progress towards it? Yeah, I'm just I, running. I'm not doing any, like, special training. I'm just out running miles and biking miles. That's all. I'm not too worried about doing speed work or anything. I'll just go run what I run if I go. <laughs> do you think you're blessed with, like, a great ability to run? Or do you think it's because of your training you put in? Um, I... I think that the, probably the uh, football or soccer background probably helps it tremendously. I was a basketball and soccer player pretty much majority of my life, but I think that probably helps. Um, neither one of my parents, I believe, were were at, you know runners or anything like that. So I don't know, and, and I and I think having that competitive spirit helps push myself and drive. You know, I don't know. So do you think you still have the drive? I do have the drive. I'll be honest with you. When I when I'm out, I, last week I ran out in the fishery. I'm by myself and I'm running. And I'm thinking I was feeling pretty good. And I think I ran eight miles. I don't remember. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I ever get completely healthy and, and I and I and I can get regular run miles, I'm gonna go give these 50 to 59 year old guys some run run for the money in these races. 50 to 59 might be the toughest age. Division. Well, I'm, I'm 54 now, so I'm not there yet. Right, but, but the 50 to six is that a tough age group? pretty tough age group. I know, but that's that's your mindset when you get those endorphins kicking when you're running, right? Right. So you asked, like, if I thought I'd ever want to get back into that. When I sit here, I don't think I would. But when I'm out there running and I'm feeling good, I kind of hits the back of my mind sometimes. Like, I'm going to do yeah, this yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but, you know, kind of like, tweaks in there. Like, like, I always joke, like, I used to call Dave Sute, like, Sue Dr. Sue. <laughs> I, I called him that because... Uh, one time I was down at Horseman's Park, and, like, they rolled out Who Doctor Who. And if you're old enough in Omaha to remember Who Doctor Who, yes. right? Yep, yeah. You you know, it was, like, one of the greatest horse races ever, or horses ever. They they rolled it out, and, like, they blew the trumpet, 
and like the horse is like kind of old and decrepit walking out there and he heard the trumpet and like he saw his head like <laughs> like like pop up like you know what it's go time yeah yeah and i think i think runners competitive runners always always will have that in the back they of their mind they will always yep. have it yeah like coming up on uh on uh market to market yeah we're doing market to market this year like I, I, I gotta say, we're not, not on a competitive team. We're going to be on a good. I'm on a good team. Like we're going to compete, not compete, like to win it. But like we'll get after it a little bit. But there's always that part of you that like. Let's go. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love it. <laughs> I when I, I I don't remember what year it was, but since I came back to running again and I started running a little bit, whenever I'm out there and running, there's a there's a song I replay in my head, and it's not the song. It's not the it's not the um, the story of the song it's the verse of the song that don't stop believing my journey. journey I just Steve, replayed Steve, it in my Steve head Perry man yes yes let me show it's our age some but that, that's something I, that, that, that title just always keeps pushing me don't stop believing why ever stop believing just keep going like the, the, the fire is right. always right. there whether you're running slower or you're running faster just don't keep going man you know what I mean alright so here's the next two questions number one this is going to get tough People who are just getting into running, if you had to deliver one piece of advice for them, what would that be? Slow down. In your regular daily runs, slow down. There is no need to be racing your runs. I was guilty when I was a, when I first came on running, and I and I finally made it around the block. In fact, made it up that hill on 120th and Center. Every single day, Joe, I had my stopwatch on. Oh yes. I beat the loop today by 15 seconds. Tomorrow, I ran that same loop. Or the next day, I ran that same loop. I beat it by five seconds today. I did not. I did not improve that way. I did not improve that way until I learned how to run aerobically during 80% of my training. Honestly, that's what I would say. Strap on a heart rate. Learn what your resting heart rate is. Learn what your max rate heart rate is. And then train by that heart rate. Old school Roy Benson. <laughs> That's old school. All right. Now to the runner who's in their 40s, 50s, 60s. What advice would you give to them? Because there's a bunch of us. Okay, let me back up. The other night I did a speed workout uh, with the Fleet Feet training group. Okay. And we get done and like, so I'm sitting there and we're doing uh, mile repeats. I get done and I look around and you have your 30-some, late 20s runners and everything like that. But then I look around and there's a couple, there's one other 50-year-old dude, two 50-year-old dudes, me, and then a guy like in his late 40s. And we're sitting there with our arms down, dragging, (laughs) but we just finished mile repeats. Yeah. And I, I love it that people keep grinding. Keep grinding along, um, in that in that age range. I mean, you know, you still drive yourself. You still have those goals in your mind that you want to push toward and go toward. I would say, and most people that hit that age that are still running, they know and I think have learned along the way to enjoy the journey as much as not so much the results. Right? We're still out there training. It's still an adventure for you. You're still moving forward. Always it. Always an adventure. Yep. But it's, yep. I, I, it's tough because you see, like, I want to run a time. Yeah. And I want to beat I'm with people. you. I want to, I want to beat people. <laughs> but those people are also have, like, 
negative 20 years on me. <laughs> right, right. Like, that part's tough. Like, I try and fight. The only person I found that's fighting Father Time is Tom Volk. Oh, okay. Volk's still running good, though. He runs fast. I, he, he's beating Father yeah, Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is beating Father Time. I'd agree. Like, he yeah. looks like 27-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I was on his market-to-market team for a couple of years, so, I, yeah, he's, yeah. Pilates and running eight fifteen miles every morning, or oh, is that what he does he do Pilates? He does Pilates. Huh. And, and more, more, more power to him. But you never did like any. Did you just like strength training and stuff? Mm-mm. Like you're, you you came from the old school where a runner is a runner. Really odd, odd maybe training that I did, right or wrong. I think it helped a little bit. Is, uh, and it's kind of goofy. I think I came up with it myself. I don't know. Is I would take hand weights, like uh, I don't know what they were, ten pound maybe, hand weights, and I'd stand up with the hand weights in front of watching TV or something, and I actually would run for thirty minutes with hand weights, just mimic the running motion. Well, then when you're it improves your form, right? When you get tired, what happens? You drop your arms. You drop your arms, right? So that's the only probably weightlifting I ever did was that running with hand weights. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You look great for not lifting weights. No, I, I, never, I can't. I, I'm. I. I can't sit still. <laughs> so I'm that kind of guy that I got to be active. I'm gonna go play basketball. I want to do this. I can't stand there and push weights or something. I never. I, I never see. Could never do it, and I could never see myself doing it. With the biking mm-hmm. and your running. I don't. Know, I don't know what the ratio is, but how is. How has biking changed your running, or has it? Um, I don't know that it has, outside of getting probably some pretty good aerobic conditioning without the pounding, which is a good thing. Um, I think I think biking actually can help runners tremendously. Um, number one, stay healthy, but yet still get that aerobic fitness that they need to do well. Mike Vance, I don't know if you ever heard his story. I know Mike. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the guy was forty and. Probably, I think he showed me his training then. I think he ran 35 miles a week, but he was doing probably 150 miles, you know, biking, good, solid biking, and uh, ran really, really good marathons down in Lincoln on, on that alone. So. What has running given you? Oh, boy. Because, all right. Number you, one, what has it no, given no, me? What has what, what running given you? Lifelong friendships. Lifelong friendships, I think, would be the number one thing, and and the able to um, to meet so such a variety of people along the way. It's just crazy, man. I mean, you're running down in Boston, and you've got these guys you don't even know that you, you do know, but you don't know. HFC Striders in the middle of this yelling your name in the Boston Marathon. The lady uh, that uh, Gail that manages has managed the mile 15. Eight station in the Boston Marathon yelling your name as you go by. Go get him, Gary! So it's the friendships. It's the friendships that I built along the way. Yeah, the PRs are great. Don't get me wrong. I always chase the PRs. Um, but it, it, number one is friendships. Definitely. Local runners. Runners who inspired you. Wasi, Sute, Stifler, Craig Christians. My two biggest rivals, probably Craig Christians and Stiffy Stifler. I know. <laughs> okay, so so 
Craig had knee surgery, I think, yes. from what I picked up not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. And, like, uh, Stifler's, like, married. Stifler's married. I think he has good. five kids. He's had, like, 18 kids, and, like, his wife's trying to be governor of Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And things like that. Uh, that group I trained with was just a, a phenomenal group, you know. Not only a great group of uh, runners, but a great group of just good friends. I mean, everybody I met through endorphins. It's just insane, Joe. The number of friendships and network of, of just good people to be associated with and be friends with. It's not a bad community to be associated with. No, not at all. Not by any means. No. Um, and I think running still has a lot more to give. You know, it's not over yet. Always going to be running around, running communities. Well, running's been around since the start of time. Yeah. Since homo habilis. Is that the correct term, <laughs> right? Like, like, people have always run. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've always run. Like, either you're, like, running down food or you're running not to be food. Right. Yeah. So if you... Right. I, I, I think I asked you, like, if you look back at it, how would you change it? You would slow down. I would... Sl- I would... Um, early on running, I would, yeah. Uh, I think I learned, I think I learned, you know, within the first three or four years or five years after I saw the drastic improvement and keep in mind, anybody that, that starts running in three years, you're going to improve, right? Just by the action of running itself and training. Um, but I think when I found that, that heart rate training and using that, um, that helped tremendously from a you know from a pure fitness perspective don't get me wrong the guys i train with <laughs> they did not like that at all those, those dudes did not no uh-uh. we, we ran with i was fortunate to run with sute the other day i think we were uh, mindy coolman did 100 so they did like a little send-off run for her and another 100 crazy right. and uh sute was saying mindy coleman's tough as nails too. oh man I, I just can't even grasp it tough as nails we're going through uh, Elmwood Park, and Sute said, remember, Doherty, we'd come through here back in the day, running our 20s downtown. We'd finish on, like, 2.13. You'd come in behind us, and you'd say you'd be, like, 2.11. And they say, how can you be 2.11, Doherty? You finished behind us. And I said, yeah, but I stop my watch when I take a bathroom break. He's like, that doesn't count. No, those guys don't stop their watch. Yeah, yeah, I know. So st- I always, uh, I, I can't, I don't think I stop my watch. I let it roll now. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I think one of the things with well, thinking about that, stopping your watch, starting your watch at a bathroom break. I think that's one of the things with Strava. That, like, like social media, I think, is good. But, like, I think people are obsessed with it. Yeah. I think there's good to social media, and I think there's negative to social media. The interesting thing is back with endorphins, um, we experienced a little bit of both of it. Right. Um, and and, and it, it was just a little bit of a glimpse of what you see today. Right? We, 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 we dabbled in it because there was a, there's some banter and stuff oh, that I got yeah, yeah. overcarried. But, like, I think people are more obsessed and look at what they're putting on Strava and worried about what's being out, put out for their workouts than what they need to look out. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And it, um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but if it keeps people moving forward and keeps them running and keeps them motivated and active, I, that's not a bad thing. But I don't want to see people, like hide their workouts on Strava just because you're not because you always compare yourself yeah that's like the bad nature I, of it I don't so much 
I, 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 I would say today I don't. I might look up my times I ran. You don't today, but no. back then. Back in the you? den. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. Right. That's maybe one thing I would try and tell other runners. It's like, how do you teach somebody, like, you got to run your own race. Yes. You have to run your own path. You have to do your own thing. You can't look to the left or the right. Just put the blinders on and, like, you're looking at your improvement. Right. Yep. Yep. That's an excellent way to say it. It's about, and, you know, everybody's got different fitness levels as well. You can't, um, you know, it's hard to compare yourself with someone that has been out there running 10 years and you're just starting. Right? 100%. Yep. Or you're barreling down at 52 and somebody else is 22. Yeah, Joe, like those guys at the track you were with, right? <laughs> right. Like I said, like, what, what, I, what, I like, what I like about, like, when I do the speed workouts and when I go there, you have every gambit, you have, like, a 121 half marathoner out there to a, you know, a 330 or a, who knows, a four-hour awesome. half marathon. That is awesome. But, like, these people are, like, driving out there after work, and they're ready to just go grind it out. That's awesome. On the track. you got a wide range of people out there. A hundred percent. That's awesome. And then when you see them, like, at, uh, I was at Harvest Moon Hustle the other night, and you see them, and they're, like, they're friends because they have a shared common yeah yeah experience that's cool that's what endorphins is yeah that's cool that's cool I, th- I think that the in the uh, that has always been there in the running community I mean that, that running communities are gener- generally like that I think endorphins brought people together that that have that naturally you know what I mean and just you you were you met so many good people you know via that way that you might not have at just a random race. Right. Yeah. 100%. I, and, and speaking of Harvestman Hustle, like, I saw him. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Bob <laughs> Garcia. Leonto. Like, nobody, <laughs> probably 0% of the people, and maybe if you do, like, respond to it. Like, you see Bob Garcia down there running. Yeah. And, like, I wish, like, younger runners could understand him yeah because not number one he's like the super nicest guy in the world number two he's like the most fit masters runner ever and like what he does is amazing yes and there's a lot of natural talent there but he's also the nicest person he is i ever uh first year of market to market 2008 garcia was on our team and what's funny is i think i got a photo of him he runs well back then, but I think he was actually my age back then. He was 54. He, he's, he, he's old enough to think he's 54. He clocked out like 7 the other night. <laughs> I know. 10K. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he, he'd be a good guy to have on there. He'd got him or Craig Christians and Wasi, of course, have the full realm of running back from the 80s all the way to modern day. You know what I mean? Like, I, want, I, I wish people could understand the rich history. Yeah. Crazy. Wasserman, Christians, yeah, yeah, Leon too. Because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't start running until uh, late '90s. You know, a lot of those guys were at it in mid '80s, early '90s, hammering. You know, um, what's your marathon PR? Ask, call Joan Benoit and ask her. I'm just kidding. I say that because uh, if, I was at Gary, if I was at Gary's house, we'd probably find her number. Like. You would actually. 
uh, what is that? Marathon PR is 242.20. And the, the ironic thing on that marathon is I ran it with Cifro and I battled, one of my ne- nemesis, and I think he ran 238 that day. But early on in the race, we saw Joan Benoit Samuelson. And I yelled, yo, Joan! I'm like, she's a superstar, right? She kind of looked back at me. I kind of startled at her. But then the odd thing is, is when I'm coming down, finishing the Chicago Marathon, that Chicago? Chicago Marathon, I hear the announcer say, and here comes Joan Benoit Samuelson. And I'm like, I'm kicking. I want to break what I can break, right? Turns out the finish line, it was Joan and I right at the finish line. And I etched her by like one second. So my finisher's picture is with Joan Benoit Samuelson right next to me. And you do like have to lean? <laughs> I know, I didn't lean. I, she was just one second behind me. Pretty, pretty epic. That's, that's yeah. an amazing story. Yeah. All from a guy who got in running late. I did, yeah. That couldn't run around his block. Correct. To a 240-some marathon. 2.42. 2.42 marathoner to starting a website that changed the running landscape in Nebraska. Yeah, and, and you know, that idea I had then, you know, I, I, I had done, I used to do the website for the Omaha Running Club. So I had this idea in my mind, but of course, presenting it to a board uh, you know, to agree or not disagree with it. That's not where the Omaha Running Club was. That's not the vision they had, in a sense. That's probably why I think I, I went off and started just kind of doing it on my own because we still, it still was for about, it was still for the community, right? But Doran's was a little edgy as well, right? I had my photography stuff. I like to kind of build into the mix as well and stuff. So it, it was all good. It was good. It brought a lot of people together for a lot of good reasons. I think for the most part, everything turned out... Oh, absolutely did. Yes. Absolutely did. Okay. Wholeheartedly agree. I wish you would do a, where are they now? <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Reunion to see. How many people do you think out of the 200 and some, how many do you think are still running? Uh, I bet you 85%. I see Rudy and Booty. Yeah. Running yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. I do as well. And they always bring a smile to my face. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Think about when you, when, you, when you come across somebody that you've met in the running community, what's the first thing that happens? What did you just say? You smile. Right? All the time. Yep. Immediately smile. Like you when had I a, walked up here and I saw you, I smiled. Because you right? had a shared experience. With yes. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I need, you know what I was thinking? I need to pull out that photo when you were at McNamee's house with us on the mini bike. If you could find that photo. <laughs> okay. So th- that photo, you understand where the helmet came from? I do not, no. The helmet was from the movie Gladiator. Oh, they okay. They used it like Russell Crowe wore that <laughs> helmet, and I'm driving a mini bike through Gary's backyard. <laughs> and so, but you know what? Like, that was a train wreck. That's fine, whatever. And I probably spent the night at his house, you know, three different years, maybe four. I don't even know. But, like, he's the nicest guy. And, like... Go back to Strava. Like, when you get a kudos from Gary or a comment from Gary yeah. Mann, like, I'm like... Yeah, that feels good, doesn't it? Right. Like, I think I could walk into him and, like, we could pick up, like, we left off yesterday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely could. Yep. And that stuff is, like, it's emotional. Powerful. Like, But, of course, we're all looking at, like, you and me and Gary and, and everybody else. We kind of look at it from this side of the table. And I, yeah. I wish, I, I wish the younger runners, and I hope the younger runners who are listening can experience the same thing with the same groups they meet. They will. And, you know, and 
They will, and you know, when they get to the point where they're, they're 40 or 45 or whatever, it'll click, and they'll be, they'll be guiding and advising runners that are younger then. You know what I mean? It's like when people tell you, like when you have kids, right? Oh, you can't believe how, how fast time goes, and you can't until you experience it firsthand. You know what I mean? Right. So it's that, it's that experience and having it actually happen which finally brings it around, I think. You can, uh, we can preach it and preach it and preach it, but it finally registers. Right. I, I, I want time to slow down. Yeah, I know. Just so I can enjoy it. But now it's like got its foot stuck on the accelerator. <laughs> How long to your last kids out of the house? Well, all your kids are in the house right now, but when does your last kid graduate? Uh, four years. How fast is that time going? It's going to go by quick. I remember when he was born and I said... Man, that's weird. When when Liam graduates high school, I'll nearly I'll be fifty eight years old. Well, <laughs> that's around the corner now, right? It, the whole thing blows my yeah. mind. Yeah, but people told you that when you had kids, but until but you, you like, live it and and live it like it is, you don't fully reg- it doesn't register. Right when when, when your son graduates and you're fifty eight. You're going to be like the best looking 58 year old dude. Like, <laughs> like I think running, I think, and you can attest this, like running makes you younger. Running keeps you young. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, long, it's, it's a, keep it a healthy running, you know, you got to keep it healthy and not be overly crazy with it. Or, you know, it, it can, it can be detrimental to some folks as well. It can be. I know we're going to like dwindle down here. Like two minutes. Like, okay. I know. I told you it's going to go fast. When are we going to bike ride together? And I cannot wait to do Gravel Worlds with you next year. Gravel Worlds. Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm all into the gravel bike. I love my gravel bike. It's the greatest thing I've ever bought. Let's ride. Yeah, I'm game. I'll, I'll do the Gravel World 75. I don't think That's I'm all I want to do. I, 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 can't <laughs> yeah. go, I can't go 150 because I'm not nuts. Yeah. But, like, but like the 75, let's do it. I'm game. It's I'm game. I, I've never experienced an event like that. It's a different subculture than running. Yes. But it was cool to see them bring that together, the runners and gravel together this year. Fleet Feet did an epic job of putting on a 50K. Yeah. And I think their 50K will grow next year. The thing with their 50K is there's like three aid stations, that, and that was it, which I didn't think there was going to be any, but there ended up being three. The middle one was good. Um, but you're out there grinding out like in the – hills of yeah north of lincoln and it's miserable and hot and (laughs) and you see it all i'll try the 75 i won't go any more than that the bike ride 700 riders around you barreling down the road i'll stay in the back i i I wish i would have stayed in the back all right gary you got one and a half minutes this has been the most epic thing like like i said Time has flown by. Like, that was an hour. Wow. Yeah. Like you, okay, I'll, I'll just say it and then I'm going to let you finish up. You've given the running community more than what they know. The people can't understand the reach that you've had. There'll be a few people who listen that know. Um, but number one, thank you for doing everything you did with like not just endorphins, but just being out there. And like I said at the beginning, you rescued me off uh, out of a blizzard. Great friend. Appreciate that, Joe. What do you want to say to the Omaha running community? This is your, or the 402 community, I guess. Yeah, enjoy the journey, and don't take don't take things for granted. You know, um, enjoy the journey, enjoy the people around you, 
um, set goals and don't stop believing and just keep striving right along. Hammer down? Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily hammer all the time, but you know, you get you get the idea. It's just uh, I 100% get the idea. Enjoy it and and don't and just don't stop. Just keep it going. Perfect. Brother, appreciate it, Joe. We'll see Thank ya. you, man.